Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. And welcome in to Start Your Engines on a overcast Saturday morning, but it's hot. And we welcome you to another edition with uh, Ronnie Black over here. Good morning. Good morning. And Alan Hill. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. Greg's a little under the weather, and he's not going to be with us today. But uh, you guys did a great job last week. I appreciate it. I started not to come in and say, well, heck, just let them have it. But Oh, no, don't do that. No, I, I, I don't want y'all to realize you don't need me. No, I, <laughs> hey, if you'd have seen how nervous I was last week. Well, uh, you didn't sound like it, and I actually listened to it live down in uh, driving from Riviera Beach to Miami. Okay. And a driving rainstorm with dodging wrecks. I looked like I was uh, Jeremy Clements last night with all the wrecks I was dodging going down to I-95 last week, but um, had a good vacation. Appreciate y'all sitting in and doing such a fine job, and Alex... Um, Smith did a real good job. Of course, I knew he would. I was sure y'all would, but Alex is, uh, he was the, the anchor and did a, a great job to, uh, push all these buttons I'm still trying to figure out. Yeah. He done a real good job. And we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, had a race last night that, uh, <laughs> like he said, between Ricks. I'm telling you what, um, we'll go ahead and get that out of the way first because it was, didn't get started. I mean, when I tuned it in to watch it at about, uh, I guess, 7 o'clock or so, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was a submarine race would have been better. It was pouring down rain. But I went ahead and did some stuff and prepared my notes for the show. And by about 10.30, thereabouts, they uh, they decided to run a race. And that's about when they got started. And once they did, weather was no longer a factor except for the shower of sheet metal and parts. And uh, I guess that's fiberglass or composite something that was flying all over the place. But they tore up a bunch of cars last night. Well, you know, going into the race, they said there was only a couple of cup guys there that they asked to come. Because they didn't want the, the Xfinity guys to run without what they call some more experienced heads in there amongst them. Didn't do any good. Not a bit of good. <laughs> they, uh, um, actually, we did, though, get a good result for Jer- Jeremy Clements, who, when I uh, turned the show off last night, he had finished 10th. But I noticed the results this morning. He had fin- he finished 9th, and they had moved uh, Almondinger, who is actually not racing full-time anywhere that I know of, but... Uh, other than a broadcast seat for NBC, he um, well he finished ahead of Jeremy, but now he's been relegated to thirty eighth. So something happened overnight to uh, move Jeremy up a spot, and we'll, we'll take it. They did talk to Almondinger last night during the race. Oh, he, yeah. he was their in in race guy, right? And he said they had me in here to kind of keep you know keep cooler heads to prevail. And here he said, but I got out here and I got crazy as the rest of them. They all were crazy, and I. 
I don't know if you're going along the list of finding cooler heads. If, if Almendinger, how high he'd be up on the list. Uh, but anyway, it was a crash fest. I don't know how many. Well, I probably can tell you how many cautions they had. I got it right here. They had seven for 31 laps. But uh, it was actually at least one red flag that I remember. And that was after the huge crash there at the finish with yeah. 13 laps to go. They just parked everybody. And it. I guess it took a good 20 minutes or so to clean up the mess. But um, it turned out that Ross Chastain was the winner. And he was um, in and out of the top five and in the lead all night long. And uh, But, you know, when it came down to the final finish, it really wasn't terribly close. Now, who does Chastain drive for again? Well, it says here, Matthew Colleague, and I'm not sure who that is. I think he had three cars in there last night, and I think all three of them finished in... Well, Justin Haley finished second with another Matthew Colleague car. And, and, I, and there was a third one, too, I think was in the top ten. Well, let me scan down here. I don't see a third one, but I've got it. Well, maybe he got caught up in that last wreck. I gotta admit, I've never heard of the gentleman, so... uh uh, Matthew Colleague looking down here. I don't, I don't, go. Oh, well, oh, Almondinger. And they kicked him back oh, to last. Oh, okay. So he would have been in the top ten. He would have been in the top ten. So, yeah, you were right. Justin Haley was second. And they had the margin of victory as one point uh, oh. I get it right, .109 seconds, which is it's pretty close. But actually, it was over car length. It wasn't like they were side by side like right. you usually expect. Christopher Bell was third. Austin Sendrick fourth. Bell drives for Gibbs. Uh, Penske is Sendrick's uh, Sendrick uh, is Penske's driver. Stephen Light was fifth in the flex glue car of Johnny Davis out of Cherokee County, up there around Blacksburg. Isn't that right, Alan? That's correct. One of those you can't miss them. They're bright red with uh, those yellow numbers. O one and one. I mean, O and O one. Put it that way. Uh, sixth place went to Brandon Brown. Seventh was Jeff Green. And how long has it been since Jeff Green? He he usually a start and park guy, but I guess he saw the carnage that was going on and decided to ride this one out. He finished seventh. Gray Galding was eighth. Jeremy Clements was ninth. And uh, Matt Mills was tenth. Now, Jeremy started 37th on a uh, provisional. I don't know what kind of problem he must have had qualifying, but I can tell you, and uh, they'll be the first one to admit it, if any of them's listening, uh, any of the Clements team or family members or Jeremy himself, they didn't have it last night. I mean, every time they'd have a restart, um, he'd fall through the field. I mean, if he got a decent restart, say maybe 15th or 16th or 20th, I mean, it was just a, he was losing seconds a lap, let's put it that way, or half seconds a lap. And One thing he did, though, was prove how good a driver he actually is by surviving the carnage. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, I don't think there's any question he's a good driver. There's no question it's a good car. It just, it was an off night because, you know, they usually run real good at Daytona and Talladega and on the road courses, and they didn't have it. But but last night on that final restart, he was restarted 8th or ninth somewhere in there, and I think he fell back as far as 11th one time. Now, there were, there were only probably 16 or 17 cars running at the finish. Uh, according to this list here, there was more than that. But a lot of them weren't anywhere near the lead lap. But um, he hung in there. He crossed the line, like I said, in 10th, but he got 9th. So that's good. Let's look at the points real quick because Jeremy's running out of time. He's got some time, but he's running out. He's got about two months to, to make a big jump here. He's sitting 15th in points. Uh, he's two, he's um, 
419 out of the lead. He's not going to catch the leader. But Ryan Sieg is in 12th place, and he's 136 points behind Ryan Sieg, which is the cutoff. So he either has to win a race or get in the top 12, and right now he's 136 points. Greg Galding is um, in 13th. Brandon Brown is only 11 points ahead of Jeremy, so he can set his sights on him pretty good. And um, so if we can't get him in the top 12 and get him in the... Uh, Get him into championship chase there. Of course, we got some road courses coming up, and we all know that Jeremy loves those road courses. Yep, he sure does. Makes a good showing at the road courses. and uh, This is where he can make up some ground. Yes, exactly. You know, don't get me wrong. Uh, I think he had a good qualifying as far as Daytona, but like you said, he, they relegated him back to 38th. Evidently, he may have had to have an engine change or a transmission change, and <laughs> exactly when you do that, I mean, don't get me wrong, you go with the eight when you're such a small team, you go with the eight game, and when you have to make a change, it really does affect you. Well, it said a uh, champion's provisional, so whatever it was, it made me think maybe... You know, once I saw how he was running, maybe he just weren't wasn't running at all. I know they had enough cars that they didn't. Uh, it wasn't a matter of him not making the fastest forty or whatever because they only had thirty eight. But uh, anyway, we're always pulling for Jeremy. Had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, and um, he's great. We love him. Moving on, um, I want to take the opportunity to thank Lanny McKinney, who does our podcast and our the Budmore Engineering website. Lanny does a great job and. Uh, and he, he's got our back. I know when I was coming home from Charlotte this week, I texted him real quick before I left Charlotte. And I said, can I drop by your house with the flash drive? And you put last week's show on there. I want to make sure I heard what I really heard. <laughs> and uh, I stopped by there and sat in the driveway under a shade tree while he went in the house and did it and brought it back out in five minutes. So uh, appreciate that, Lanny. You do a great job for us. Um, what's on your racing calendar there, Alan? Oh, we're not racing this weekend. We didn't race last weekend. Uh, family's gone down to Lake Greenwood. Uh, got a text this morning. They was actually catching fish down there at Lake Greenwood. So uh, they having a little bit of family time. So we're going to leave it at that. So on either side of the 4th of July, the Allen uh, Hill family is off the track. And uh, I know that breaks the heart of a lot of competitors. Well, everybody's call won't know where we're at. But uh, they're just going to have to understand. I mean, we've... Family we've first. Raced, we've we've raced hard for about twelve years, and now it's time the my grandboy's getting on up there about twelve years old, and you know it won't be long. Twelve years goes to twenty years, and well, y'all are right on the edge of still being cool enough for him to be around. Yeah, won't be long till y'all will just turn into monsters from outer space, and he doesn't want anything to do with you. Well, that's, uh, I, I'd hope not. I mean, if they're racing fans, maybe that won't happen. Maybe. <laughs> well, let's look on the bright side of it. I think they'll. Uh, uh, you may have a whole other generation of drivers and mechanics there, for all you know. Yep. Well, I just know I remember when I became the stupidest man in the world. Well, just a polar opposite of <laughs> Nelson Crozier, huh? Absolutely. Let me mention who we've got on the show today. We've got a great special guest coming up right after our break here in, a, in about uh, five minutes. We've got the 1960 Grand National Champion, Rex White, who has been a friend of this show and a friend of mine for a long time. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. I haven't seen him around at some of the events lately. Of course, I don't go to as many as I used to either. But uh, <laughs> And he's got a couple of years on you. Well, so I called him a couple of weeks ago, 
and ask him if he'd like to be on the show. And he said, Perry, I'd love to, but I can't this week because I'm doing this. I think he was at the Georgia Hall of Fame, which he's in that one. And the next weekend, he couldn't do that because he was doing something. And uh, he said, but just call me in July and I'll be glad to be on the show. So I called him. Uh, actually, I didn't actually get a hold of him till yesterday during my lunch break. And he said he'd love to come on. And uh, Rex will be 90 years old in August. Wow. And I, that just floored me because he's, uh, I, you know, I, I hate to put it this way, you know, in front of him that he's the oldest living champion, you know, because, uh, you know, that sort of puts you next in line to not be <laughs> the oldest living champion. But uh, that's exactly what he is. If you think that 1960 was 59 years ago. Yeah. And um, but Rex, he did so much for the sport. He was in the 2015 uh five that got into the NASCAR Hall of Fame is in other halls of fame. I don't care if he was born in Taylorsville, North Carolina, and spent a lot of time in Maryland and Florida. He's still a Spartanburg race driver, as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely, he is. And uh, So we'll have Rex on here in a few minutes when uh, we come back from the break. I tell you what, Alan, um, you said that uh, you... Didn't really know Rex, but that was pretty interesting the way y'all... Uh, was that your father that picked these car colors? Uh, no, he actually let me and my brother go in there. We actually was building a race car up there in Elmo Henderson's shop. And uh, it was getting down to a point that Daddy looked at us and he said, Boys, what color are we going to paint this race car? Because back in, we don't wrap race cars back in. We mm-hmm. actually put paint on them. And uh, so if anybody ever walked in Elmo Harrison's shop up there, he was actually a Firestone dealer up there for years. And up there on the wall, he had just, I'm talking about, but he had 50 or 60 postcards of race cars up on that wall up there. <laughs> and uh, me and my brother, we walked in there, and we kind of looking at all these race cars, looking at the colors of them and stuff like that. So uh, next thing we knew, we come out of that white and gold. And uh, Daddy said, well, we uh we just actually reversed the colors, whereas his was white on top, yeah, and gold on the bottom. We actually put the white on the bottom and the gold on top, and we put a gold number on ours with a red outline. Where I think his was actually a red number with a white outline, with a white outline, and except the one on the top that had a black outline. Yeah, it was a pretty car though. Rex had the, had gorgeous race cars, and um, so like I said, we'll have Rex on in a few minutes. Got a couple of minutes here now, and we'll we'll touch on this. A little more in depth later, but the uh, the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship didn't come out too good for uh, the Cadillacs. Uh, I think we were expecting a better result because of the. I think you said they needed a track where they could really wind out a little bit, and they were, uh, and that was Watkins Glen, but it didn't quite turn out right. Well, if you watched it, uh, and I heard your brother on the show last week. Well, they actually, uh, they was actually. You know, kind of qualified, but they knew they was going to have a problem with them Mazdas. They get more reliability, but uh, if you kind of watch the race, they had a good crash right here at the beginning of the race. And next thing I know, uh, the 31 wheeling car come through a bunch of debris, and it actually cut the left rear tire down. And when he got down to the turn, uh, he did not have no really that much control over the car. So guess who he took out? His teammate. His teammate. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Don't you hate it when that happens? Yes, yeah, so they, uh, by the time they come into pits, and uh, don't get me wrong, you come into pits there, and you had to change rear spoiler and stuff like that on these cars. Uh, you get a lap, two laps down, and on that road course up there, don't get me wrong, I don't think in this IMSA Cup that they have lucky dogs. 
No, I don't think they do either. So you either got to, you either got to stay out there when the other boys pit and hope for a caution, or whenever you come in and pit ten laps later, you go back to your same position as a lap down, and it's just it's just you you actually have to go to a a different set of uh, strategies in that racing. Well, it was a six hour race so everybody had an extra driver thrown in there and uh we'll get into it a little bit later but your cars were uh uh sixth and seventh uh the one with uh barbosa and albuquerque was two laps behind and sixth and then seventh was the one with nasser and durani and it was three laps behind but we'll talk about that in depth a little bit more but right now we're going to take our first commercial breaks and come back on the other side with 1960 Grand National Champion Rex White. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Start Your Engines will be back after this quick pit stop on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't playing Thai. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John D. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I ain't playing Thai. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Hey, man, you looking for good, clean, late-night fun? Boy, do we have a show for you. I'm KB, and I host Up Late, Planet Earth's only late-night, locally-produced, mid-market sports talk show. So habit-forming, you can't fall asleep without it. Up Late with KB, weeknights at 11, only on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. I want to spread the news. Delicious food at great prices. That's what you'll find at J&G Restaurant, located at 462 West Henry Street in Spartanburg. Be sure to try out the ever-popular Pig 4, where you can choose four breakfast items that include gravy biscuits, pancakes, home fries, and much more for only $7.25. They also serve a variety of breakfast sandwiches, including the pork chop and gravy biscuit. For lunch, try out their salmon and grits combo. J&G also serves mouth-watering burgers and hot dogs. That's J&G Restaurant, open Wednesday through Sunday. Call them at 864-308-1730. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Get star-spangled savings every day in July at Greer Nissan. Red, white, and new means great savings for you. Get up to $1,000 Nissan cash on select new Nissan trucks, like the new 2019 Frontier and Titan SV. Drive away today for as low as 1.9% APR for 60 months. Plus, save even more with holiday bonus cash and red tag savings. The 4th of July savings are every day in July at Greer Nissan. Visit us today or online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. 
F45 Training, the world's fastest growing fitness network, has now made its way to Roba. This new fitness studio brings a new style of training to the area and is open to all fitness levels. F45 Training is a global fitness training community specializing in group workouts which are fast, fun, and proven to get rapid results. F45 offers members an unlimited array of training programs designed to unify the muscle groups and make you look, move, and perform better in all aspects of your life. Find them on Facebook or Instagram and sign up for your free week now. F45 Functional Fitness Training, located at 4795 South Church Street in Roba, or call at 864-810-4528. Are you sick of all the cookie-cutter, boring barbershops? If so, you need to visit the Ironsburg Barber Company in Hillcrest Shopping Center. At the Ironsburg Barber Company, professionalism and customer service is their top priority. Owner A.J. West makes sure that every customer gets exactly the haircut they want when they sit in his chair. So if you want to get your haircut like you like it, and in a fun, man-cave-like environment, then give A.J. a call at 864-466-5289. The Ironsburg Barber Company offers military and first responder discounts, and everyone is always welcome, even Clemson fans. First-time visitors, mention this ad and get $5 off. Call for an appointment today at 466-5289. The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Weekdays from noon till 3 on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Okay. Well, we're back. We're back. I'm going to start your engines. I'm trying to Barry's still in the middle of trying to get uh, Rex White. We've spoken to him, so we know he's about ready, but we've got to get a good phone line. Yeah. And, Alan, you said that uh, you're taking a couple of weeks off from racing. Yeah, we, uh, we're going to take a couple of weeks off. There's a little bit going on in this limited sportsman division over there, and the best thing for us to do is kind of just sit back and kind of let it kind of shake out and see what's going to happen. Okay. We are we're having little deals of... Uh, Cars won't run these 602 crate motors, and they letting them get weigh 2,700 pounds. They got some that's running 604 crate motors, get letting them weigh 2,950. And then uh, we sitting here with a built motor, and we got to weigh 3,200. So uh, they, they, that, that just doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. It doesn't. That's about like I tell a lot of people. I said, when you got a whole lot of momentum going down the straightaway, and you get down to the corner, it's hard to turn 500 more pounds and make it go back the other way. It is. Well, we got Rex on the line here. Ronnie, let me ask you a dumb question. Hang this up because I got him on the line. I don't hear no. Double punch the middle button. Now you can hang it up. Okay. And you're on over here. So, Rex, you there? I'm here. Okay. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> we had, just had a little bit of operator malfunction, Rex. And you know I'm an operator. I, they got me uh, hey. learning how to run this board here, and I've only been trying for three months, but... Uh, Anyway, we're glad to have you on the show. Well, you know, it's hard to be perfect like me. <laughs> well, you just got through saying that you hadn't made a mistake since the last one. <laughs> but yeah. Hey, how's everything in Spartanburg? Man, it's a great it's, day. It's really muggy and overcast, but uh, Spartanburg, Spartanburg, it's uh, actually it's actually grown quite a bit. I know. Uh, I don't know how often you get here. I saw you. A couple of years ago, um, when we did that thing, or I was, you invited me down to when they had that news crew from, uh, I think from Greenville or something, come over and look at your old shop and everything with, uh, you had Slick Owens with you that day. Yeah, yeah. That's been a few years ago. Well, Spartanburg's are growing a little bit. They're really doing a lot downtown. And uh, I tell you what, if you ever do get here, um, you've got my number. Give me a call and... Uh, We'll go out to the Peach Blossom and uh, and look around a little bit because that was a great day. I, I loved uh, going through your old shop with you and uh, and and Slick Owens that day. 
Yeah, it, it's still there, as far as I know. Yeah, well, if I ever, I've always wanted to come up with a historic Spartanburg tour, and uh, your shop would be uh, would be right at the top of the list. And now, was that your shop, or I mean, Louis no. Clements maintained your cars, or was that his shop? That that was Jack Purser owned that shop. I rented from him. He had a SO station on Asheville Highway there right in front of the shop. Right, and uh, I know Jack Purser and I guess Lewis Clements and, and Elmo Henderson were all pretty tight together in that at that time, like, a, what was that, like the late 50s, early 60s? Yeah, Elmo kind of come along uh, around 65, but Elmo was racing uh, then. He, he, he was running at Greenville Pickens uh, weekly. With David and all of, yeah, and he, but, in fact, he was the track champion over there with David and, and Floyd Powell won it, I think, like three or four years in a row. You're correct. Yeah, uh, Elmer won the championship one year. Well, Rex, you, uh, I tell you what, I hadn't seen you at some of these uh, events that that we attend that we get invited to, and uh, and I show up. I don't always get invited, but I know you do. <laughs> Being uh, being uh, all the Hall of Fames and everything that you're in, and um, is is that what you're doing these days? I know that you're. Uh, I tried to get you on the show about three weeks ago, and you were you were busy every Saturday till I could get a hold of you today. It seems like there's something going on every Saturday almost that they want you at, want me at, but uh, I can't make them all. But what I've been doing since last September the 18th is I got a knee replacement. And I've been dealing with that ever since. I'm still going to therapy. And it's not doing as good as it should or healing as fast as it should. But I think it has something to do with how many birthdays you've had. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you've got another one coming up, don't you? Yeah, it ain't far off. Yeah, and I tell you... Be 89. I tell you, that's amazing. I I hope I'm still out bouncing around when I'm your age. I used to say... uh, I used to say say the same thing when Bud Moore and I would do a uh, a book signing because he was twenty seven years older than me and and acted about uh, five years younger. Well, your your partner there, I ain't heard him say nothing. What? Uh, is, he, is, he, is he got a voice? Well, he does. But Greg called me at eight thirty this morning and said, "Are you awake?" And I went, "Well, I am now." And because uh, I usually pick Greg up every morning about nine thirty before our show, which is at ten, and he said he couldn't make it this morning, so Greg's a little under the weather, I reckon. And but I'm oh. sure I'm sure he's listening, but he's not as young oh, as me okay. and you. <laughs> okay. Well, Rex, but I, I'm at, I'm at Bojangles in Riverdale, Georgia. Is this a and, uh, is this breakfast or a personal appearance? No, this is breakfast. Well, so I guess it's both. Well, you know, I arranged this with Rex yesterday, and I might have told you. Well, if you said you wrote down nine twenty, I guess I told you nine twenty. But it's uh, we don't come on the air till ten, so that's my apologies for that. And uh, scratch it up to well, my old age. <laughs> no, no problem. But uh, it, uh, I, I'm eat, I eat breakfast with nine guys, and on Saturday. We all draw numbers and pick a, a winner and put five dollars in. You win forty five dollars, <laughs> and that's what I'm doing 
and uh, maybe you can tell me who's going to win the race tonight, and I'll bet on him. Well, you know, I don't know who's going to win. I, I did, you had to sit up pretty late to see the one last night, and um, <laughs> it, it yeah. was a demolition derby. You bet. And if they do Simple anything, Daytona. if they well, if they do anything like that tonight, they they're gonna. There's no telling who might win it, but um, we usually do our picks. Uh, you know, between me and the other boys here on the show, and Nelson Crozier. You know Nelson, I'm sure, don't you? What was the last name? Nelson Crozier. No, I don't think so. You don't know Nelson. Well, anyway, he's uh, he uh, he's our. Our in, insider, our NASCAR insider, and, and he's, uh, we all pick the winners every week, but, uh, I tell you what, you go ahead and pick one. We'll let you, we'll let you in on this, and, uh, we won't give you 45 bucks, but I'll, I'll buy you a, a Bojangles biscuit next time you're in Spartanburg. Well, there's, there's a bunch of cars that would be a good pick. The one that's gonna win, I don't know, but then it, uh, 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 Kozlowski or, or uh, Kozlowski, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all of Penske's cars is good, good is potential winner. Rex, let me ask you a question, uh, and you sort of touched on it there. You all, and we've talked about this in the first twenty minutes of the show before I, I got you on the phone. You always, and I don't care. Uh, I'll I'll go to my grave saying this. I think you had the prettiest race car I've ever seen. I mean. When I made a car for my daughter one time out of wood, well, actually, it was for Jake, and uh, I painted it gold and white, and he was number five, so I put a red five on it, but your cars were gorgeous, Has and I always thought, especially when Harvick was driving a Chevrolet uh, before they switched over to Ford, I mean, I thought it would be such a fantastic honor for them to uh, paint that number four like your car, especially since it was a Chevrolet. Well, but you drove a Mercury there towards the end. But um, has anybody yeah. ever approached you about that or, or, or doing a, a, a throwback car to Rex White? Because they're missing the boat if they haven't. Well, there was a, a 62 Chevrolet built by uh, a guy out of Florida, and he done a good got a good paint job on it, but Louie told him how to mix the paint. That paint, Louis Clements deserves the credit for that. He he made it. He I, I I wanted a gold race car, and Louis painted a couple of cars, and it didn't turn out good. And finally, he got it down pat. And it not to brag on my car, but it was a good looking race it was car. Beautiful, absolutely it was. And um, Alan Hill, Alan is one of the local uh, car owners here, and multiple and and defending track champion over at uh, Cherokee Speedway. And he tells a story about when he he was building one of his first cars at Elmo Henderson's shop. Alan, just touch on that for just a second because you had everything to do with the paint job on his uh, car. Yeah, Rex. Uh, we raced in 1976 and stuff. We was building a, this is a Camaro back then to race on dirt tracks. And Barry Wright was out of Elmo Henderson's shop up there, uh, the Firestone uh-huh. shop. And uh, if you'd ever been in Elmo's shop, you looked up on the wall, and he had all kind of postcards of race cars stapled up on that wall. And I wished uh, my daddy, whenever we got down there to the end of it, I was only about 16 years old then. My brother, he was about 19. And uh, daddy said, well, boys, it's about time for us to pick out a color to paint this race car. And uh, we all run in there, and daddy said, well, pick us out a color. 
I seen that gold and that white up there, and I set my eyes on that, and I said, I love that gold and white, Daddy. And, uh, but we kind of reversed your colors. We, we put the gold on top and the white on bottom and put us a gold number with a red outline and a red pinstripe to separate them two colors. And when we showed up over at Cherokee Speedway, everybody just oohed and awed about that race car. It was a good color, and it stood out good at night or in daytime, and uh, it was a great color scheme. Yes, sir. It sure was. And and nobody else used it, so when they saw that, they know whose car it is. Yeah. yeah I, had, I, I, I had the corner on that thing. <laughs> well, you still do, as far as I'm concerned, Rex. And, uh, you know, Rex White from... If I'm correct here, from 1958 or nine until 19 through 1962, won 28 races, and that was more than anybody. I mean, Rex, you were and you put it through a championship in there in a second place, and I think you were in the top ten a couple of other times. And uh, I mean, you were as red hot as there was. I won more races from 1959 to 62 than anybody. So that's uh, quite a record. It is. I won a I won in a four oh nine at Atlanta Motor Speedway, and I was the only one to ever win a race with a four oh nine engine on a super speedway. And you kind of uh, one of our friends passed away here not too long ago. Uh, you you kind of had some help from Marvin Panch that day, didn't you? Uh, yeah, Marvin Marvin was. Uh, Leading it, and uh, he ran out of gas. Louie kept putting on the blackboard, gas, gas, gas. So I sat behind Marvin and uh, just drafted, and uh, about three laps to go, he ran out, and I won the race. Well, I mean, somebody had to win it, and it might as well have been you. And I know you ran real good at Atlanta anyway, but y- you were you were dominant at some other tracks like uh, – like Asheville, Weaverville, and, and Columbia. What was your favorite track? Uh, Manassas, Virginia. Okay. As far as a, a, a racetrack. This was a high bank third of a mile right outside of Washington. And uh, I won my second race at that that speedway. But it, uh, I, I won more races. Uh, I, I won. I won the most popular driver in 1962. I won more races than anybody till till 62 and in 60. I won the most popular driver when I was champion. So, but I had a great career in racing. Well, you did, and uh, I'm glad you've been recognized by so many Hall of Fames, uh, especially, uh, of course, the big one there in. Uh, uh, in Charlotte at the the NASCAR Hall of Fame, but you um, you're in, you're in others. I, I I know you're in the one in Georgia, and you got to be in the one down at Darlington, the Motor Press Hall of Fame. Uh, wh- what all are you in? I got put in there in 1975, the uh, uh, Motorsports Hall of Fame. 1975. I'm in the Tal- uh, the the World Talladega Hall of Fame. Uh, the Illinois Stock Car Hall of Fame, uh, the Georgia Automobile Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm in quite a few of them. And you deserve every one of them now. And I actually, in anticipation of having you on this show today, I started rereading your book last Monday night, your first book. And uh, Rex and I just happen to have the same publisher, which is McFarlane up in um, 
Jefferson, North Carolina. But the first book you wrote with um, Ann Jones, uh, you did something that all, I, all, all, all around the track. You, well, the first one was Gold Thunder, and that's the right. one. That's the one I'm reading right now, and I, I just didn't realize. I mean, I've read your book before. In fact, this is like the third time I've read it, but it's been a while. But um, I'm telling you, Rex, you had a heck of a childhood growing up. I mean, it, you, I, if anybody didn't have a silver spoon in their mouth, I'd say it was you. Yeah, I didn't have a lot when I grew up, and uh, I didn't have a lot when I raced, but uh, I finally uh, uh, had a good, made a good career out of it. I, I went to work for Frankie Snyder, which was winning a lot of modified races, worked for him a whole season, and I learned about a lot about the chassis, gear ratios, handling, stagger, and all those things, and uh, if you... Uh, if you go through the corner fast, you're going to go down the straightaway fast. It, it all depends on how you can corner and make a car handle. I won five or six races at Bowling Gray Stadium on that five on that flat uh, football field. I won uh, six at Asheville Weaverville. There were three racetracks in Asheville: one down on the river, McCormick's Field, and and Asheville Weaverville. I won on all three of. Them. I know you did, and I tell you, Johnny Allen tells a great story about when you and he were neck and neck to the finish line at Bowman Gray Stadium, and uh, I think that was the only Grand National race Johnny ever won, except for maybe a qualifying race at Daytona um, a few years ago. But, you know, I, in the couple of minutes we have left, and I don't think you and I have had a chance to talk since uh, we lost who I consider absolutely uh, candidate for the Hall of Fame, and that would be James Hilton. And I remember being up at uh, Hillsboro like two or three years ago, uh, a great event that they don't have anymore. And see, and I've got a picture, it's probably still on my phone of you and James sitting out there on a bench uh, in front of the motel doing some racing and talking. And uh, tell us a little bit. I know James meant a lot to you and had a lot to do with your career and your success, and um, a great loss. James had a lot to do with my winning seasons 59-62. He actually went to work for Ned Jarrett after he left me, and uh, but a lot of my racing wins is credit to Louis Clements and James Hilton. James Hilton was the hardest working person. I had to run him out of the shop at night to make him go home. He, he, he was so dedicated, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and and then when he turned into a driver, I mean, his his record as a driver those first 10 years, I mean, he could have easily, with a with a little luck here or there, been a, a NASCAR champion. You bet. Yeah, he needed a little more sponsorship. James probably would have won a championship and won a lot more races. Well, Rex, look, uh, we're up against a break here. I love having you on the show. I'm sorry if I messed up the the time that I was going to call you. I didn't mean to get you in the middle of your your uh, sausage biscuit, or, but um, <laughs> no problem. Rex, we love you having you on the show, and and you're a, as far as I'm concerned, you're a Spartanburg driver. I don't care if you were born in Taylorsville and raised in Maryland and spent time in Florida. You're a, you're always going to be a Spartanburg driver to us. I had a great career out of Spartanburg. Enjoyed living there. Uh, it was very enjoyable. Well, thank you so much, Rex. And you take care of yourself and a happy uh, early birthday next month. Thanks for having me on, and I appreciate it very much. Okay. Thank you, Rex. That's Rex White.
great driver, great personality, still in the sport, still out there doing it every morning, doing the, uh, um, every Saturday morning, doing breakfast with his buddies. So we're going to go to a break right now and come back with Nelson Crozier. You're listening to Start Your Engines. Franks for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Franks for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Franks for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Franks for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Franks for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Franks for the Memories. Lined in the gap, the right center to the track. He's to the wall. Another grand slam home run. Catch the Gamecocks in action on the diamond all season long. He catch that ball, he did. Swing and a miss, he got it. Swung on, line drive, base hit. The wall, he looks up, it's gone! And you can put spurs on this one. Right here on your home for South Carolina baseball. Spartanburg's home of the Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Get star-spangled savings every day in July at Greer Nissan. Red, white, and new means great savings for you. Get up to $1,000 Nissan cash on select new Nissan trucks. Like the new 2019 Frontier and Titan SV. Drive away today for as low as 1.9% APR for 60 months. Plus, save even more with holiday bonus cash and red tag savings. The 4th of July savings are every day in July at Greer Nissan. Visit us today or online at greernissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Why waste your time hand-washing your car when you can get the job done in minutes at Pars Quality Car Wash in Boiling Springs? Experience one of their excellent car washes today. Don't let crumbs, bugs, dirt, and other particles interrupt your car's overall appearance. Other car washes just basically rinse off your car and fail to get off the stuck-on bugs and dirt that takes a little elbow grease to remove. Ask about their car detailing, too. Visit Pars Quality Car Wash, 1929 Boiling Springs Road, and get a quality car wash done by hand. 578-9274. Summertime is almost here, and that means it's time to get those swimming pools ready for summertime fun. Phillips and Long Fuel Chesney has everything you need to get your pool ready to go. Phillips and Long sells pool chemicals and parts, and they're an Aquabrite chemical supplier. They also sell Aquabot automatic vacuums. Phillips and Long also offers professional pool service. If you are too busy to clean and maintain your pool, they can do it for you. Get your pool summer ready. Call Phillips and Long today at 461-8511, like them on Facebook, or stop by and see them at 421 South Alabama Avenue in Chesney. Man, this South Carolina heat is no joke. I don't know how you guys deal with this. Pelican Snowball. What is that? Pelican Snowballs has great snowballs in over 100 flavors that are great summertime treat for the whole family, dude. Try one of their signature snowballs like Shark Attack, Rainbow, or my personal favorite, Fruity Princess. Really? That sounds great. Yeah, man, it's got cotton candy flavor in it. The best part is there's a Pelican Snowball location all over our listening area, so there's a Pelican Pelicans near you. Pelican Snowballs bringing you a cup of happiness every time with melt-in-your-mouth snow and a fun, relaxed atmosphere where you will always receive service with a smile. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. 
Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Star-Spangled Savings every day in July at Greer Nissan. Red, white, and new means great savings for you. Get up to $1,000 Nissan cash on select new Nissan trucks like the new 2019 Frontier and Titan SB. Drive away today for as low as 1.9% APR for 60 months. Plus, save even more with holiday bonus cash and red tag savings. The 4th of July savings are every day in July at Greer Nissan. Visit us today or online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. F45 Training, the world's fastest growing fitness network, has now made its way to Roba. This new fitness studio brings a new style of training to the area and is open to all fitness levels. F45 Training is a global fitness training community specializing in group workouts which are fast, fun, and proven to get rapid results. F45 offers members an unlimited array of training programs designed to unify the muscle groups and make you look, move, and perform better in all aspects of your life. Find them on Facebook or Instagram and sign up for your free week now. F45 Functional Fitness Training, located at 4795 South Church Street in Roba, or call at 864-810-4528. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400, now on FM at 98.3. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Good morning, Nelson. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. Doing pretty decent. Beautiful days here in Daytona. It's about 90 degrees. Uh, you know, a few clouds in the sky and nice little breeze. Really a great day so far. Well, do you think it'll hold out for the whole day or are we going to have a 6 o'clock washout like yesterday? Yesterday it had about three or four washouts. Uh, <laughs> today we might have one this evening, but right now it's looking pretty good. Well, did you ever go home last night, or did you just stay at the track? No, I, I went back to a motel. <laughs> well, that was something last night. We've already talked about talked about it a good bit, but maybe you can clarify something for us that I, I don't understand. Uh, when the race was over, J- Jeremy Clements uh, was 10th, and then I noticed this morning that he's 9th in the final rundown, and Almendinger was dropped to last. Uh, was that because Almendinger's not a regular, or, or was there something there other that we need to know about? No, uh, when they did a vesting check on the engine, uh, it would not hold back. So uh, it was just bottom line. Okay, well, that explains that. And well, do you know happen to know any reason why Jeremy started on a champions provisional? Uh, uh, not not a no, champions provisional, but just a, a starters provisional or whatever they call it. Uh, no, I didn't pay that much attention on it. But uh, you know, they had limited practice, uh, and some of the cars uh, you know, didn't have time to get through uh, tech inspection. Okay, well, maybe that was it. He was definitely a little off song last night, but he still came up with a good ninth place finish. So today, qualifying got rained out for the 400, and they're going to start by points. 
But they still had some controversy there with the, uh, well, I don't know how controversial it was. They just kicked two guys to the rear of the field. Ryan Newman was one of them. Well, uh, the two cars did not pass, uh, you know, inspection uh, the second time. So both of them had a crew member ousted and they got started to rear. Well, I... You know, if it's anything last night, uh, like last night, a rear might not be too bad a place to be to just ride around for a little while because they sure tore up some cars at the front. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I have heard a bunch of the commentators, and I don't really want to be mean and call them, uh, you know, NASCAR yes men or, or whatever like that. But I've, I've heard so many people, like uh, the only one that seemed really reluctant was Kyle Petty yesterday talking about having any remorse that this, this is the last 4th of July race at Daytona, at least in the foreseeable future. I mean... Personally, you know, I just think it's another another tradition that NASCAR has stomped their foot on. I, I I went down there a couple of years to the Fourth of July race, and uh, and it was a big deal to me. But you know, next year it'll be at Indianapolis, and and Daytona will be at the end of August before Darlington. And I, you know, I just I don't like it. Well, I mean, what do you think? I know Ned, uh, Dale Jarrett said last night everything has to change, but I, I don't agree with that. I don't see why that had to change. Well, the one chance they should make is put it back to 10 o'clock in the morning and have it on the 4th. Exactly. You know, and because everybody's off on the 4th anyway, I realize there's travel and all that. But the people that are going to races, I don't, honestly, I don't know how many of them are worried about getting to work the next day like, you know, like they used to. But uh, I just, I don't know. It just seems, it just seems bad to me that it's just another thing that, that went down the drain and, and what I read in the paper this week was that it was to boost Indianapolis's sagging attendance and you know I think on the 4th of July I'd rather go to the beach than Indianapolis so you know something else is wrong I think everybody agrees with that it's not it's not the date that's that hurts Indianapolis or or any of these races in fact I think the date on a lot of these races helps it more than anything. And I, I don't know, July 4th and not be at Daytona, it seems seems wrong. Um, no question about it. Uh, a lot of people talk the same way. A lot of people said they're coming to this race just so they can be here for the last 4th of July race. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, then they'll have a good crowd. <laughs> and. It seemed to me like they're leaving it open to where, well, maybe we'll come back someday. How many years was Darlington gone from Labor Day before they finally came to their senses and uh, after moving it from California to Atlanta? But, um, Nelson, let's get our picks in. And I was in Florida last week and uh, got my pick bounced all over the place. So I'm going to go first and take Keslowski. I'll let you go second. Because, you know, I gave you Keslowski a couple of weeks ago. So I'm, uh, I'm just taking him back for a week. Well, I was thinking about him also, but uh, I'll take the 22 car, even though he's not my favorite driver. I think he has a good chance. Alan, what do you think? Uh, I think I'll go over that 88 car again. Oh, Ronnie, what do you think? You're, you, Ronnie picks 
Bowman every week uh, and finally <laughs> doesn't pick him or doesn't get get him picked for him, and he wins the dadgum race. So uh, what do you think? Well, I'm going to go with Harvick's number four. Ronnie's got number four, and I'm going to give Greg, since about anybody can win this race, I don't think I'll be too far off base giving him uh, Menard. I don't want to give him anybody too good like Kyle Busch, but uh, I'll give him Menard. Um, I, uh, we um, we talk a lot about what's wrong with NASCAR and everything, or we do on this show, and I, and I hate to do it, but uh, Nelson, what's right with NASCAR right now? Well, I think one thing was uh, that you haven't talked about. Uh, Keselowski said he's not going to lift. And uh, when a 24 car got in front of him, when he, he had a good run going, about five mile an hour faster, uh, Keselowski just gave him a little shove and he went around and around. Uh, and I think that's going to set the stage for this tonight's nice race. You know, uh, Bump him once, you know, let him know you're there. Bump him twice. If he doesn't move the third time around, uh, he's out of the way. Yeah, and what were your other, I mean, as far as uh, Bowman finally getting in victory lane last week, I kind of liked his comment. Uh, I think he cleaned up what he really wanted to say, but it was like, uh, you know, stop giving me any of your you-know-what. Now now I've won a race, so lay off. (laughs) And I kind of like that because I like the guy, and I'm glad he finally won. Yeah, well, he's very personable, uh, no question about it. Uh, and, you know, it's always good to see a new driver win. Uh, but, you know, tonight, uh, you know, in practice, uh, you know, 22 cars that went over 200 mile an hour. Bowman was the slowest of those at 201.9. Uh, so, you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh as I said, they have more power, but they've got a monster spoiler on, so they've got a lot more drag. Uh, so I think you're going to have a lot of people who think they're braver than they uh, can back up. Well, now, one of the things I heard the announcers say last night was that the Xfinity cars only had a small spoiler. So the, the Cup guys are going to have much more spoiler, you're saying? Oh, no question about it. They've got a wing back there, and then they've got a wicker bill on top of it. Uh, so, yes, uh, you know, they've got about 550 horsepower with this tapered spacer, uh, you know, whereas with the restrictor in February, they were about 450. So, you know, they've got more power. Like, if you let off it, that spoiler's going to be like a parachute just slowing you down. Well, I always think of wicker bill as an as a IndyCar term, but... Uh... I guess it's made its way into with the with the NASCAR now and all the aerodynamics and spoilers and them trying to find the right combinations on the right tracks. Nelson, we're going to let you go. You have a good time down there in Daytona, and uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed on the weather that we'll get a, a timely start and get the race in. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. All right, thank you so much. That's Nelson Crozier, who uh, I tell you what, what about Nelson? He's the smartest man I know. He sure is. And you know what surprises me a little bit? What's that? Rex never heard of him. Yeah. But you know, now, I have asked Nelson before when he came around, and he said about 1963. And and uh, and he was a young guy, not in all these expertises and everything that right. he's doing now. He was just, and Rex was way up on the... Way up on the pecking order in 1963. In fact, that was the last year he ran the whole circuit and he finished ninth in points. And um, 
I guess they just sort of passed uh, in the revolving door there. Well, back in 1963, we didn't have in-car radios. We didn't have all this electronic stuff. And that's, right. where, that's where Nelson specializes in. And NASCAR, all them boys go to Nelson and stuff like that. But back in, if he was out on the racetrack, about like Rick said, you looked at you looked down Pitt Road and you seen a sign that said gas, gas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to take our final, uh, our, our top of the hour break here and come back with, uh, I'm going to spout about Pike's Peak. You are listening to Start Your Engines. We are Your home for the Dan Patrick Show weekday mornings at 9 is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3. Brinks for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Brinks for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Brinks for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Brinks for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Brinks for the Memories for six. 68 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the memories. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Get Star Spangled Savings every day in July at Greer Nissan. Red, white, and new means great savings for you. Get up to $1,000 Nissan cash on select new Nissan trucks. Like the new 2019 Frontier and Titan SV. Drive away today for as low as 1.9% APR for 60 months. Plus, save even more with holiday bonus cash and red tag savings. The 4th of July savings are every day in July at Greer Nissan. Visit us today or online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Speedy Lube and Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway, and Inman lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster in the Spartanburg office of Janie Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. 
F45 Training, the world's fastest growing fitness network, has now made its way to Roba. This new fitness studio brings a new style of training to the area and is open to all fitness levels. F45 Training is a global fitness training community specializing in group workouts which are fast, fun, and proven to get rapid results. F45 offers members an unlimited array of training programs designed to unify the muscle groups and make you look, move, and perform better in all aspects of your life. Find them on Facebook or Instagram and sign up for your free week now. F45 Functional Fitness Training, located at 4795 South Church Street in Roba, or call at 864-810-4528. Live from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Welcome back to the second hour of Start Your Engines. Why am I not hearing myself? There I am. Okay. Uh, here you too. I hear you. I hear you. You see my lips moving, so I must be saying something. I wanted to touch on uh, this next 20 minutes a little bit. I, I can probably stretch this out for a long time because it's something that really shocked the heck out of me this week, and I was not aware of this, and that's about the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. Now, first of all, I mean, I know it had been around for a while, and... I am way out of touch with the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, but I remember it as a kid when you'd pick up Hot Rod Magazine or something and it'd show a champion spark plug commercial. It'd have uh, the hydroplane that was the champion and the Indy car and the stock car and the sports car, and it'd usually have the Pikes Peak winner there. Right. So, I mean, it was kind of a, I thought, a, a, a pretty prestigious race. I can only... In a limited amount of time, I looked last night, find anything older than Pikes Peak, and that's the Indianapolis 500, which started in 1911, of course. Pikes Peak's been running every year since 1916, except for More years. 16, 17, I mean, 17, 18, and 19 for the World War I, and 42 through 45 for World War II. So we're talking 97 Pikes Peak hill climbs, and... Um, <laughs> What I am going to tell you is as truthful as, as I can get to it. I know that since the very first year in 1916, they've always had cars and they've always had motorcycles. Right. And over the years, they've added different categories and things. And they've even got electric cars now. And I guess they'll yeah. have solar someday because you get closer to the sun, they ought to fly, right? <laughs> I guess so. Okay. Well, anyway... The Pikes Peak Hill Climb, of course, and I remember it, I remember it as always being around the 4th of July, because I would hear something about it about the same time Daytona was going on, like, and, and every year. I'm not kidding, and I've got... Well, to, we but, always consider it one of the great American races. And, and it still is, I guess, but uh, it's in uh, Colorado Springs, Colorado, and it is 12... Yeah, that's, that's where they keep Pikes Peak. Yeah, 12 point. Uh, four two miles long, 20 kilometers, and it has 156 turns. The track record is Romain Dumas, who drives a Volkswagen, who drove a Volkswagen in 2018, which was last year, and he covered the 12.42 miles in 7 minutes, 
0.148 seconds. That's the fastest anybody's ever been up there until this year. I'm not sure if they broke it or not, but I printed this off last night. Um, but what brought this to my attention, uh, and, and let me mention one other thing. Of course, it was dirt in, in 1916. Yeah. And over the years, they gradually paved it, and, uh, you know, asphalted and, and improved different areas of it. They even had a big lawsuit back in the 60s, I believe it was, or 70s with the Sierra Club with them not wanting it asphalted and leaving, you know, leave it natural like it is. Make a long story about that short, which I don't know the whole story, but I mean, you, you, you go through different surfaces on the 12.42 miles. As of 2011, it's all asphalt. And it's got a double yellow line down the middle and two white lines on each side. So, uh, But in the turns, there is still a lot of dirt and gravel. And no guardrail. And 60, through many of the turns. 60, 70 foot drop offs. Yeah. And, and what's amazing about this, you can pull up videos, uh, which I have done quite a bit since I got into this research on Tuesday. I mean, the, the spectators line the course. It's, yeah. It's like the Mexican road race used to be. It's unbelievable that it's so uncontrolled like that for 12 miles. And there's, there's video footage, obviously, of cars just sailing off into space and flipping and crashing down these huge, um, you know, 50, 60 foot, you know, drop offs. Yeah. Incredible. They say seven people have been killed since 1916. I'm not buying it. And most of them that they name are fairly recently. Yeah, the, the first one was in uh, 1921. Uh, driver Wallace Coleman died after he was injured in practice. That's 1921. So that means they ran, except for those war years, you know, five or six years there that nobody got killed. Right. And then the next reported death was not until 1982. Well, see, I'm not, I'm not buying it. And if you look with, at it, with the lack of safety precautions and the the flat out way they drive, I I don't buy it either. And no no spectator control, pretty much whatsoever. Now now tell me tell the folks what you were telling me about the one that happened this last week. Okay, and that's the whole point. And I was just telling them every morning, and I don't mean to snicker at this, but every morning as I'm getting prepared for my. A uh, daily job of kicking people out of Wells Fargo and finding the money launderers. They, um, I, I check celebrity deaths, and I know this week we had quite a few with Lee Iacocca, invented yeah. the Mustang actually, and uh, if that's the right way to put it, designed it. Artie Johnson, uh, that baseball player that they found in his hotel room, and one that caught my eye was a gentleman by the name of Carlin Dunn. Carlin was a motorcycle driver and a good one. He had won the championship at Pikes Peak, and I've got it here someplace, but let's just suffice. Yes, he won it in 2011. This is the most motorcycle division. 2011, 2012, 2013, and 2018, and he set the course record um, in 2012 that lasted for five years. Driving a Ducati. Driving a Ducati. That He was on Team Ducati. Well, this past Sunday, he had already made a couple of runs, and I guess he was making his timed run, you know, going for the championship. 12.42 miles, 156 turns. He had negotiated the last turn and was, you know, like 20 yards from the finish line when his bike did what they call high-sided. Now, I'm not familiar with that term before this week, 
but you all will recognize when I describe it to you, when you lose the rear end of the bike, and then it, it like catches and straightens up real quick. I, I've even seen things similar to that with a sprint car. That, yeah. that, that, I think in sprint cars they call it bicycling. But in, in motorcycles, they call it uh, high siding. And when it straightened up, it jerked him off the bike and the bike off of like a 30-foot cliff. And he was killed. Hard to tell how instantly. And I don't mean to dwell on death, but this is what got this whole thing started here. This this rant that I'm doing or this explanation to start the second hour. Um, and... He was like the best there was. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's gone within sight of the finish line. Now, the rate, here's what really boggles my mind. And it, this is all online and this is all just, just happened. When that occurred, all the race officials up around the finish line started yelling lens caps, lens caps. Made everybody put on lens caps and they're, would not allow any more tweeting. Everybody had to put their phones up. And you couldn't even get out pen and paper and start writing about this. It was a complete uh, information blackout for over an hour. In fact, I've read this two or three times. And there's a couple of reporters here who have an entire timeline of what was going on from the time he went over the side until they finally got You know, they got him up and, and took him off in an ambulance. But the first time they found out that he'd passed away was a tweet from his family. I mean, it was not anybody at the track, and it wasn't the uh, the Hill Climb organization, which is, I'll tell you the name of that right here if I can grab it, um, the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb Race to the Clouds Association, which um, is PPIHC. Those are the officials. I think at one time it was even run by uh, USAC, but... Well, I can sort of understand uh, a a blackout of of the immediacy that we now have on social media because they would want to notify the family that something's wrong before it goes out into the Twitterverse. But the way you're describing it is like they're trying to keep a lid on it to... Keep the sanctity of the race, I guess you would say. Well, I mean, you know, that's what I was talking about, the the popularity of this thing and, and, and how famous it is. Um, I mean, you can't do that at Daytona. They couldn't do that when Dale Earnhardt got killed. No. I mean, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have crossed anybody's mind. Uh, the same way with uh, at Indianapolis or any racetrack. You know, it's, they're mostly everything on live television. And... You don't have the ability to yell lens caps or everybody quit reporting. That's not going to happen. So I, I guess it's maybe a product of actually not enough big-time coverage. Yeah. Because if NBC was doing the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, I guarantee you. They would not shut the cameras down. They would not shut the cameras down, and this would have gone on. So, I mean, this just happened. And when you look at, at YouTube video of people that have taken uh, videos of other crashes with their phones, standing on the side of the road with their buddies and their coolers and drinking beer on both sides of a dirt patch of road, which is 
this would obviously be an older video, but there's a lot of them there. The newer videos are still people lining the course. And these cars go off and go into a ditch, and you can hear the crowd, the people standing around them going, woo, and people run over there because they're actually, you know, they're only going up one at a time. Right. It's not like there's another car right behind them. Um, in fact, they maybe I can think of a, a lot of things they could do, like maybe even have a chase vehicle, but he'd be going pretty fast too. Uh, but, you know, to say that only seven people have been killed um, since 1916, and then to see the type of uh, clamp they put on the media coverage here, I, I'm not buying the seven people. I, I, no. If they said 70, I would believe it. You know, and I'm not I'm not going to speculate on how many it could be. But you're talking 97 years of racing. Now, um, and one of the most dangerous spots you could ever think of to actually do racing. So here's what they did. Can't leave this out. They got Carlin Dunn out of there. They left his bike at the bottom of the hill, at the bottom of the, you know, damage down there. And you, nobody was allowed to take pictures of it at all. And they moved the starting line down the hill. I thought I read someplace where they, this is an interesting term, they moved it below the tree line. So mm -hmm. I guess you get so high up on that mountain, the trees won't grow. I didn't right. realize yeah. that. But, and continued. You know, like two or three hours later, they went ahead and finished the Pikes Peak Hill climb on a shorter course. So uh, it's just a, a, a fascinating combination of auto racing, censorship, sponsorship you know it's, it's just well it, it, i'm i'm not much of a conspiracy theorist but I, i'm right i'm right there with you on this one i don't I, I didn't know anything like this took place and everybody's hurt i think of the pikes peak hill climb everybody named unser and that whole family i think won the pikes peak hill climb going all the way back to the 20s louis unser was the first one and then, you know, later on, Jerry Unser, who lost his life at Indianapolis. He's the last guy to go over the wall. That's when he got killed. But Jerry Unser won the Pikes Peak Hill Climb. Bobby Unser, Al Unser, Al Unser Jr. Um, uh, some other Unser grandchildren and children won classes there. And do you remember, and his name's on my list right here, when we had Wally Dallenbach Jr., he yes. talked about his brother winning Pikes Peak. And, and they live in Colorado now. Well, the, the with the popularity of the Pikes Peak Hill Climb, it amazes me with all the different sports channels that we have available to us now that it's not done live I, I, somewhere. I find that very hard to believe. And it must be the, the association that keeps that from happening. You would think they would want more and more publicity for it, but I don't know if they maybe want not. I don't know if they want more and more people standing on the side of the road. They would have to do something about crowd control. How would you ensure something like this? I mean, it's just... It, uh, I was telling you guys out in the lobby, the last motorcycle death that I can see was in uh, 2015, mm -hmm. where some guy from Texas, and it, it does have a picture of his bike, number 86, he'd finished the course. Yeah. He had completed his run but the the slowdown area is a gravel parking lot, and if it's anything like the one we got in front of the studio, it's not too stable. No. Well, he got in the gravel parking lot and crashed and and lost his life, um, and that was four years ago. Yeah. Uh, an official, you said, uh, uh, lost his life. I think you said that was in practice. Right. Uh, well, know, several of these deaths have been in practice. Yeah, and pe but it's just people running across the track and cars going into the crowd, and I just. It's just something to think about. And if you really want to think about it, all you got to do is pull it up on YouTube. 
You won't find too much. I think they've got a picture of a Colin Dunn taking the last turn before he got the checkered flag. Or right. he didn't get the checkered flag before he would have gotten it. <coughs> so, uh, excuse me. <clears throat> when I get on these rants, I, I, I get a little dry. But So, you know. It's a different aspect of motor racing. It's one that I doubt has ever been touched on. I know we had uh, Chuck Piazza on one time, and he drove a he drove a K and K insurance kit car one time that Harry Hyde built for Pikes Peak. Because there's a picture on the internet of Chuck Piazza driving it at a Concord a track that no longer exists with Bobby Unser's name on the roof. And um, so, you know, Pikes Peak hasn't come up on our show very often, but it might in the future. It looks like a one-off thing. I know there's hill climb associations. They used to have a famous one at Chimney Rock. In fact, I went a couple of years, and John Finger from Greenville used to win it every year. And uh, then there was another one, not at Chimney Rock, but somewhere in the edge of, of eastern Tennessee, like the Devil's Tail or something like that. Probably. I, I, I'm not familiar with it, but I don't think the Pikes Peak people do anything but Pikes Peak. Yeah. And, I mean, maybe they want it don't want any more publicity than it's getting now. But it's going to get a lot now. And, uh, I mean, uh, not just from this show, but uh, there's a lot of people that's caught on to this thing if you look at social media. and But just check out the YouTube videos and, and tell me how in the world something like this uh, has even continued to go on. Uh, I'm not saying stop it. I'm saying maybe clean it up a little bit. I'm not buying the seven deaths in 97 years. But, uh, you know, uh, and, and I mean, I majored in broadcast journalism. I'm doing a radio show right now. I'm not too much on censorship, you know, especially a sporting event when everybody pays their ticket to get there and the press comes to cover it. And then you tell them they can't cover it and, and completely lock everything down until the parents tweet out that their son's dead. I mean, it's just it's such a weird combination of things that happen. But that's it. I did 20 minutes on it. In fact, I did 21 minutes on it. So, uh. I got that off my chest. The one I was thinking of is the Dragon's Tail. Okay, and that's in Tennessee? I think so. Okay. In Deal's Gap. There you go. Well, they ought to do one at Dollywood, and they, they, they might go to that one. But anyway, um, that's my Pikes Peak Hill Climb story. If anything else comes up on it, I'll follow it up in the following weeks. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you next 4th of July, hopefully, on this show and tell you what happened and and try to keep a finger on it because it, it's a fascinating race one way or the other. But this was sort of extraordinary. And I was close on something else. It was in North. It's, it's in western North Carolina. Okay. So that's two. One at Chimney Rock and one at Devil's Fork or whatever you said it was. So anyway, we're going to take our next break here. And when we come back, I'm going to rest my voice and turn it over to Alan Hill, who is going to tell you who's going to take all his trophies and prize monies today. You're listening to Start Your Engines from the Beacon Drive-In Studios. Want to talk racing with the guys? Call the Sign Force Hotline now at 864-468-1400. Start Your Engine returns in a moment on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. 
For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirits' tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirits carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirits apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirits. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's west side, where customer service is the difference. This is the sound a McDonald's bag makes when you grab it. Now that just sounds like a paper bag, but to Nate, it sounds like... Because Nate hooked himself up like a champ. Improved you can save on the delicious food you crave. Wake up to the freshly prepared McChicken Biscuit or the sweet and savory taste of the new Chicken McGriddles. Just $1.59 each. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Spartanburg has been known as the hub city for decades due to our proximity to rail lines and interstate highways. Upstate Logistics has been part of the hub city transportation scene for over a decade. Upstate Logistics provides businesses with warehousing and transportation services, including inbound and outbound rail shipments. And more importantly, we support Spartanburg. Be it high school and college sports or important community projects, Upstate Logistics wants to help move Spartanburg forward. Upstate Logistics, keeping your business and Spartanburg moving forward. To find out more, visit UpstateLogistics.com. Why waste your time hand-washing your car when you can get the job done in minutes at Pars Quality Car Wash in Boiling Springs? Experience one of their excellent car washes today. Don't let crumbs, bugs, dirt, and other particles interrupt your car's overall appearance. Other car washes just basically rinse off your car and fail to get off the stuck-on bugs and dirt that takes a little elbow grease to remove. Ask about their car detailing, too. Visit Pars Quality Car Wash, 1929 Boiling Springs Road, and get a quality car wash done by hand. 578-9274. Man, this South Carolina heat is no joke. I don't know how you guys deal with this. Pelican Snowball. What is that? Pelican Snowballs has great snowballs and over 100 flavors that are great summertime treat for the whole family, dude. Try one of their signature snowballs like Shark Attack, Rainbow, or my personal favorite, Pretty Princess. Really? That sounds great. Yeah, man, it's got cotton candy flavor in it. The best part is there's a Pelican Snowball location all over our listening area, so there's a Pelican's near you. Pelican Snowball's bringing you a cup of happiness every time with melt-in-your-mouth snow and a fun, relaxed atmosphere where you will always receive service with a smile. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I plant I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John D. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I plant I. Get Star Spangled Savings every day in July at Greer Nissan. Red, white, and new means great savings for you. Get up to $1,000 Nissan cash on select new Nissan trucks. Like the new 2019 Frontier and Titan SB. Drive away today for as low as 1.9% APR for 60 months. Plus, save even more with holiday bonus cash and red tag savings. The 4th of July savings are every day in July at Greer Nissan. Visit us today or online at GreerNissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. Fox Sports 1400 is now bigger and better than ever. Why? You are on an FM station. Because we're now on the FM dial at 98.3. Fox Sports 1400. Now bigger and better at 98.3 FM.
let it play a little bit because it was finally a decent song. I like yeah. it. <laughs> I was wondering who picks him songs. Uh, the computer. Oh, okay. Robbie the Robot. Okay. Speaking of good music, uh, if you like Elton John music, you Rocket need to Man? go see Rocket Man. Is it's it? kind of a strange movie. Yeah. But, you know. Elton John's kind of a strange guy. He was, so, is. I really enjoyed it. Well, I, I, it's on my list of things to see. And, um, you know, after I, I was so infatuated with uh, the Queen movie. Well, that's it. That, that week after that, I kept walking around singing Queen songs. Now I'm walking around singing Elton John songs. Benny and the Jet yep. I'm sitting over here. All right, let's go to Alan Hill, who has got his legal pad covered up with the writing, or his daughter does one. Yeah, that's pretty much me, but my daughter mostly sends it in here to me. And uh, we're going to start off over here with uh, Cherokee Speedway. Cherokee Speedway's done race twice since last Saturday. They raced last Saturday night and uh, give you results on last Saturday night. Saturday night, Renegade went to first place. Mitchell Duval in that five car. He's got that five car going around that racetrack again. Second place went to Earl Petty. Earl Petty's a regular over there. And third place, Shane McDaniels. <laughs> Limited Sportsman. First place went to Ricky Green. Second place went to Bryant Rayfield. Third place went to Dennis Williams. And uh, actually, Ricky Green, actually, he finished second in the race, but uh, the first place car that night was lighted to scales and about like NASCAR. Now they've got to where you light, you go straight to the rear. He was DQ'd, and that was Bradley Weaver in the 18W. Uh, Thunder Bomber went to uh, Ricky Bogan in the 83 car. Everybody knows Ricky from over here about Calpians, uh, Mechanical Edge. Uh, second place went to Luke Doggett in the 97 car. Moving on down here to Extreme 4. Scott Collinger in the 3C, Mason Mack in the 94, Brandon Spagler in the 18 car. We had the Mideast Modifieds down here for a good show down here at Cherokee Speedway. Uh, first place went to Dylan Smith in the 03. Second place, Jesse Rocket in the 537. Y'all have heard me talk about Jesse Rocket on here before. Good name. Yep. Uh, third place went to Tyler Love in the 928. Hey. These boys in these East Coast Modifieds, they uh they like three numbers in their in their numbers in the number of their cars. So uh, something about them Modifieds, they I don't know what it is, but I love the looks of them cars with the motors set back in them and stuff. Uh, Young Guns first place went to Bailey Lowe in the seven two seven. Second place Curtis Bishop in the 03 car. Third place went to Garrett Killam in the eighty eight. Moving down here to Stock 4. You heard me call this name out. Stock 4 went to first place, went to Bradley Weaver in the 2 car. Second place went to Austin Whiteside in the 21. Third place went to Dustin Bolin. The Fuel Series was there also. Fuel Series is a traveling uh, series that makes, you know, different racetracks on different nights. Fuel Series, first place went to Willie Milken under number 1. Second place went to Ron Parker. I think Ron's from down there by Chester and the 17P. And third place went to Kenny Collins. Okay, we're going to step over here to Cherokee Speedway from Wednesday night. Wednesday night uh, was their 4th of July Shrine race over there. They had a big fireworks show over there and had eight racing divisions over there. Actually here, this was the first race of the River Wars. And Crate Sportsman, this River Wars is a three-race 
deal that's going on between Cherokee Speedway, Lancaster Speedway, and uh, Carolina Speedway. So let's get to the results. Craig Sportsman, first place, Ronnie Mosley in the nine car. Second place, Caleb McLaughlin in the 08. Third place, Bill Knight in the 35. Limited Sportsman. Now here we go back to Bradley Weaver. Bradley Weaver, I guess he put a little more weight on his car for this race. So he actually went across the scales. Second place, Ricky Green. Third place went to Andy Blackwood. And since uh, the Bradley Weaver in 18 car, he went across the scales. He was heavy. So uh, since he was that, you know, the Ricky Green card, he decided he's just going to protest him. So he put up $1,000 to pull the motor down completely. And he survived that protest. So now they're looking back at something else. If you protest, you put up $1,000. If the protest is not upheld, obviously you don't get your money back. But if if they do find something wrong with the car, do you get your $1,000 back? Put it this way. Uh, the second place boy put the $1,000 up to completely tear this motor down. And I mean, it comes completely down. Crankshaft and all comes out of it. They, they actually take the motor out of the car that night at the racetrack. It goes into the back of somebody's truck. It is hauled off. The driver... The driver and car owner does not get to see his motor till they call him up and tell him to meet him at the engine man's place. And they, now, have, they, they have, get to be there for the teardown. Yep, they, they get to be there, but they also have to put up money to accept this protest. The first place has to put up is just as much money to put up to accept a protest. So actually, if you are declared legal, you get to th- you get. Probably in this division, uh, they probably paid the man $300 to tear the motor down. It went to hindering from what I hear. And uh, so uh, you actually get $700 of the protest money. But if you were found illegal, you actually lose your money. Mm. So uh, he survived his protest. So good job to them. Them boys has got it going on right now. Uh, so let, 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 me, let me get this clear now. I'm in second place, and I think you're illegal. Yep. I put up $1,000, and then you have to put up $1,000 to say, yeah, go ahead and tear my motor down. Yep. But if you decline, then you're forfeited. I forfeit the race. Second place gets to move up. So if you know, you don't get me wrong. Then, since there's no teardown, do you get your whole 1000 back? Uh, Yeah, you'll get your $1,000 back if that man does not accept that you know, protest. You know what I'm saying? Plus, yeah. he moves up to first place. Right. Uh, I got you. Don't get me wrong. They uh, pulled us over there about two years ago and pulled me on crankshaft. They put up $600 just to look at my crankshaft. And actually, before uh, the crankshaft, the tech man there, the racetrack, the tech man, he actually gets $100 out of it. So, uh, all I'd done was have to go up there and I Handed the tech man a hundred dollars, and I said, uh, "They fixing to come pull my car." He said, uh, "Well, you haven't seen what they're gonna pull yet." I said, "Well, it don't matter. I'm just gonna put accept his protest to start with. You know, if you know you're wrong, and you got a back pull, you putting the money up. You most time you just kind of bow your head and walk on down back down pit road. Like uh, I really didn't see what just happened. Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, we're going to move on down here to the other divisions. The other divisions, Thunder Bomber Division went to first place. 
went to Josh Hillams in the 101 car. Second place, Ricky Bogan. Uh, third place went to Steve Green. The Sika Late Model. First place, Michael Brown in the 32 car. Second place, Leighton Sullivan in the 08. And third place, John Ruggiero Jr. in the 44. Ruggiero Jr., he's been a track champion over at Cherokee Speedway about two or three times. He he runs awful hard over there. Extreme 4. We had another protest in Extreme 4. Mason Mark in the number 94 won the race, and he survived the protest. So evidently, either Scott Collinger, who finished second, or Jonathan Surratt in the third place actually had to pull the first place guy. If Jonathan done it, that means he had to go through Scott Collinger. And to go through Scott Collinger, he had to pull that boy, too, to get to, to actually get to first place. You cannot jump a, a, a car to get there. So, uh, Renegade. Renegade, like I said before, here we go again. Mitchell Duval, he's got that five car going. That's a good car. Earl Petty was second. David Lucas was third. And the 602 late models. First place, David Smith. Everybody knows David. He used to be uh, right up here in Emmon, South Carolina, High Bridge Automotive. I think his location has moved somewhere down here off of uh, 295 now. I'll get in touch with him and we might get a shout out to David. Might get him on the show here one day. Please do. Second place, Dale Timms, number 14 car. Third place, Justin Mintz in the 54. Young Guns, first place, Curtis Bishop in the 03. Second place, A.J. Barker in the 88. Third place, Landon Davis in the four car. Uh, like I said, that was uh, the first race of this River Wars. And this River Wars is a three-race deal. They pay $1,000 in each division. I mean, in this race to win, it pays $75 to start. Uh, the next race will be at Lancaster Speedway tonight. This is also these River Wars are a double double points deal to where it pays you double points as far as Sika, and it pays you the double track points. These three tracks have got together. And at the end of the year, everybody knows that this Sika deal, it goes up to the dirt track up here at Charlotte Motor Speedway, and they have a, a like a full weekend of nothing but Sika uh, Thunder Bombers, the late models, the two or three other divisions that's all located as far as Sika, and they put on a real good show up there at Charlotte. Okay, let's move on down here. Carolina Speedway. Carolina Speedway is up here in Gastonia, uh, North Carolina. They had a little race last night up there. They had the Thunder Bomber Division up there. It was first place, Benji Knight, the 12X. Randy Cantrell, which is over here out of Calpian, South Carolina. He he made that little trip up there to Carolina Speedway. Got a second place finish in the C-14. Third place is Jonathan Henson in the 48. Super Street. First place, Andy Blackwood in the 57 car. Second place, Luke Edison in the 27. And third place, Coke Gilliam in the 73G. Hornets, which is kind of like our front-wheel drive division over here at Cherokee Speedway. And if you'll listen to these names, these boys went made that trip up to Carolina Speedway. First place, Jonathan Surratt in the double zero. Scott Collinger in the 311. And Zach Gammon in the 22S. East Modifieds, Mid-East Modifieds. We got first place, Zachary Tate in the T9. Second place, Jeremy Steele in the 22. And third place, Tyler Love in the 92, 
9288. Pro 4, first place, Casey Towell in the 97. Second place, Sparks Paris in the 43. Third place, Stephanie Cottle in the 05. Renegade, doesn't mention this name before. This guy takes two cars to Carolina Speedway. First place, Andy Blackwood in the 59 car. Uh, second place, Paul Irby in the 11 I. And third place, Carl Marley in the two car. Travelers Rest Speedway will be racing tonight. They have also, since uh, Cherokee Speedway was raced on uh, Wednesday night over there, they have put limited horsemen on their schedule for tonight, along with their weekly divisions. Eddie Ray and the staff over there at Travelers Rest Speedway, they put on a real good show over there. As a matter of fact, uh, should have a good race over there. Also racing tonight is Harris Speedway tonight. Nancy, I mean, Danny and Nancy Pittman up there, they are having, everybody knows this guy from around here. He's from over here about Gaffney. It's the Charlie Blanton Memorial Race, and they're going to have a big fireworks show to go along with it. Also, they're going to bring in the Blue Ridge Late Model Outlaws, which will put on a real good show at that little dirt track. Also, they're going to be having their regular divisions, which is Young Guns, Pure Stock, Renegade 8 slash Crate Sportsman. They run all three of them divisions at one time. Thunder Bomber A and Thunder Bomber B, Front Wheel Drive, V6 Front Wheel Drive, and Stock 4. Drivers meeting up there at Harris Speedway is going to be at 6.30 this afternoon. Drawing is going to be at 4.45. Uh, pit gates open at 4 p.m., Grandstands are going to be opening at 5 p.m. Grandstands is only $15 to get in up here to watch this uh, Blue Ridge Lake Models, and that's going to be a show. So if everybody's, you know, haven't got plans to watch Daytona tonight, I know everybody's sitting here talking about this is the last race at Daytona on the 4th of July, but uh, you need to get out here and support this. Everybody knows that something about being at a racetrack and hearing these cars go around the racetrack, it's, it's something different. That's what it's all about. That hooks them quicker than anything. If you've never been to a race, I tell you what, I took a lot of people to their first race, and once they see them come by on the pace lap, and I'm, I'm talking about any race, and then they come by the first time really getting after it, it's, uh, it's exciting. There's no doubt about it. I've made a lot of converts out there. I don't know how. I can make maybe one or two that where it's stuck, but uh, I tell you what, everybody's excited when they see their first race. Oh, yeah. Everybody, you know, my daddy said a car sitting in the Walmart parking lot just put a number on the side of it, and it looks a whole lot better. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right, then. But, Go ahead, Ronnie. I was going to say, I used to have a buddy when I worked at Walford College about 20 years ago who had a car, and it had, had it painted up. As the number 24, and he drove it for his everyday car, and it never failed to get looks wherever he was. Well, we had a man here in Spartanburg, South Carolina, on McRae Distributors down here, J.C. McCraw. He actually had the 21 car that David Pearson, if you remember it. It was yeah. right around town, and it had the 21. Yep. It was a Mercury Cougar. Yep. And it had the same colors as David Pearson. Somebody in Calpins has got one there on a car lot painted up like Earnhardt's car. That I pass every morning on when I go to Charlotte about 530, 
before the sun comes up. But it's a it's a good wrench Chevrolet sitting there. I see it every day going to going through cowpens. And listen, it, it it works because people notice them. Well, yeah. we're going to take our last break here and come back, and I'm going to try to hit on some few things that we um, need to know about what happened last week, what's going to happen today and tomorrow, and uh, what you can see on television. You are listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Partners. It's easy to jump on the internet and search for financial information. But what happens when you run into conflicting articles and need to separate fact from fiction? That is where Trent Lancaster can help. Trent is an investment professional at Janie Montgomery Scott, located in the Spartanburg office, who will take the time to answer all of your investment questions. He can help you develop a personalized financial planning strategy with the flexibility to adapt to your changing needs. Trent can also help you with estate planning, setting up trusts, income for retirement, and legacy planning for the next generation. Call Trent today for a complimentary portfolio review by calling 864-585-8282. That's 864-585-8282. Or visit TrentLancaster.com. Janie Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't plantain. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon whip, no trim. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. Hey, plantain. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Delicious food at great prices. That's what you'll find at J&G Restaurant, located at 462 West Henry Street in Spartanburg. Be sure to try out the ever-popular Pig 4, where you can choose four breakfast items that include gravy biscuits, pancakes, home fries, and much more for only $7.25. They also serve a variety of breakfast sandwiches, including the pork chop and gravy biscuit. For lunch, try out their salmon and grits combo. J&G also serves mouth-watering burgers and hot dogs. That's J&G Restaurant, open Wednesday through Sunday. Call them at 864-308-1730. Get star-spangled savings every day in July at Greer Nissan. Red, white, and new means great savings for you. Get up to $1,000 Nissan cash on select new Nissan trucks, like the new 2019 Frontier and Titan SV. Drive away today for as low as 1.9% APR for 60 months. Plus, save even more with holiday bonus cash and red tax savings. The 4th of July savings are every day in July at Greer Nissan. Visit us today or online at greernissan.com. Call 864-479-1197 for more details. I've seen the bookmarks on your computer. Gmail, Google. Where are we? Why are we not bookmark worthy? Go away. Don't talk to me. I hope your car radio explodes. Okay, I take it back. But please, bookmark SpartanburgSportsRadio.com.
talking about uh, last week. One thing we do need to do. Making those hand signals. If you don't know what they mean, they don't do you much good. Well, we need to thank (laughs) Alex Smith for stepping in last week for me and you both. Yeah, well, and I did that at the beginning of the show, but I thank him again right here for... uh, because he, he, he went really above and beyond job. to come in and, and, and help us out. In fact, when I talked to him earlier in the week, I was texting him, uh, uh, just saying a couple of things. I don't need to tell him anything, but it's just more like subtleties. Make yourself feel better. Well, just subtleties of the show, like, uh, uh, well, anyway, whatever they were. Uh, he, um, he told me he wasn't even going to be doing the show. So I was kind of surprised to hear him doing it, but, you know, that's... Something else happened somewhere. Okay, let's touch on everything. You got something there? Oh, no. Go right ahead. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Jump in anywhere, boys. All right. All right, the cup race last week, we talked about it. Alex Bowman won it. Uh, And, you know, let me say something about this. Uh, Did you watch it? Yes. Kyle Larson went by him with, you know, what, five or eight laps to go? I thought it was over. I got to hand it to Alex Bowman for gritting his teeth and whatever he did, and he went passed him back i thought that was a i said oh my goodness he's lost another one at the end but he he wasn't he wasn't gonna lose this one yep he uh drove a real good race and now that he's got that taste of winning i think the rest of these races are gonna come kind of easier to him well then i'd be a well good- like you were talking about a few weeks ago he's gotten that monkey off his back yeah because one thing i did hear them talk about alex was that up until last week he had finished every position in a race except first. Except first, that's right. And now he's got that one. Yep, that was that's that was interesting. I heard that too. All right, Bowman was first. Larson was second, which is a one-two sweep for Chevrolet. I know that another monkey bit the dust. I guess although they have won previously this year. Joey Logano was third. Jimmy Johnson fourth. Brad Keselowski fifth. Ryan Blaney sixth. Eric Jones seventh. William Byron, 8th, Martin Truex, ninth, and Austin Dillon, 10th. So the points going into the night, and we'll do the we'll do the playoff points because that's really the one that counts. Uh, Kyle Busch is first with four wins, and, of course, the tiebreaker here, because Martin Truex has got four wins, is that Kyle Busch has got 659 points to Martin Truex's 581. But I won't get into all of that. I'll just give you the position and the wins. Kyle Busch is first with four wins. Truex is second with four wins. Keselowski is third with three wins. Logano is fourth with two. Hamlin fifth with two. Chase Elliott sixth with one. Alex Bowman now is seventh with one win. He's locked in. Shockingly, Kevin Harvick, no no victory yet, is eighth uh, based only on points. Kurt Busch ninth. Ryan Blaney tenth. Al Marola eleventh. Byron twelfth. Larson thirteenth. J.J. Jimmy Johnson, 14th, Suarez, 15th, and Clint Boyer, who continues to have some rotten luck bending up cars, is 16th. And those are the guys that would be in the chase if it started today. Well, uh, they, was, they was having a little bit of tire problem up there at Chicago land. Yeah. Well, who, who is behind Boyer? I don't, uh... I'll wait until you put it away to ask. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh... That would be... Well, see, this is funny because they got the standings different when you just go clearly by the points. Yeah. But it looks like it would probably, because it says Eric Jones, but he he's, uh, I just named him. So, uh, no, no, that's right. I didn't name him. It would be Eric Jones. Jones, Newman, Stenhouse, and Menard. Okay. Would be the top 20. All right, I want to touch on something here, and we'll get some more input from uh, from Alan, as I said I would, about the uh, WeatherTech 
Sports Car Championship. I'm not calling it IMSA anymore. I will go by the WSCC, which is what it is. Uh, that race was won last week by Mazda going first and second. The first team was uh, Jonathan Bomarito, Harry Tinknell, and Olivier Pia. They were the first team, and I'm not going to read all these names. The second uh, team was also a Mazda. Third was Montoya and Dale, Dale, Dane Cameron in uh, the Penske Acura. Fourth was Van Der Zand and Jordan Taylor, famous driver, driving uh, another Cadillac. Fifth was Castor Nevis and Ricky Taylor and another Penske Acura. And then came your brother's two cars. It did change the point standings. That has shuffled a little bit because uh, Pipo Durrani and uh, Philip Nasser had been out front all year. But now Dane Cameron has taken over first place. Second is Montoya. Durrani is third. Nasser fourth. Castroneves fifth. Taylor sixth. Van Der Zand seventh. Jordan Taylor eighth. And your brother's other car with uh, Felipe Albuquerque and Hall. How, how do you pronounce it? Easy for you to say. J O A O. How, 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 what, how do you say that? Bar, I was just calling Barbosa. I yeah. asked my wife, she's Colombian. Anyway, you got something you want to say there? Juan Barbosa. Yeah, well, I guess not Juan, no, it's wow, how, I'll figure it out. Maybe that's a typo. No, it's they typo it every week then. Did you have a comment about the, uh, my brother said that my, my brother said that Mazda's was, uh, at the beginning of the year that they, uh, was having a little bit of reliability problem, but, uh, he said they working on it and it's starting to show up. So, uh, but they had a little problem right there at the start of the race. Uh, a couple of cars got together in the back divisions and whenever they come back around through there, a lot of these times they will not even stop the race if these cars are kind of clear off the racetrack. Yeah. So, uh. They just keep racing. They did about. that a little bit last night in the in the Xfinity race. So yep. Some of those guys spun off into the darkness, and they said they they out of the go. way. They out of the way. Let's keep racing. I, I'm going to jump to the TV um, real quickly here because um, that series, the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship Series, is on television, and this is something we can all watch tomorrow between soccer games. It'll come mm-hmm. on right about the time the women win the championship. And it's from 1 to 4 on NBC. And they're in Bowmansville, Canada. So uh, I'm not familiar with that track or that town. But they are running there. And you can see that at 1 o'clock on uh, Sunday. So uh, the WeatherTech, uh, they, they've just about got, other than soccer, they've got the, uh, the stage to themselves. Uh, that is, uh, yeah, Sunday. In fact, at 11.25 to 12.40... On MSA TV, if you can get that, they're qualifying right now. So, that's uh, that, those are some cool cars. It's just I heard y'all talking about it last week, and I thought Greg made a very good point that it's kind of a a hybrid between a what do you say, a Indy car, a sports car, and a Trans Am car or something, yeah. uh, a NASCAR or something like that. They, their doors actually open up. They yep. can open both sides up because not, a lot of times they have to change out drivers, say every two hours, and that driver he cannot just sit in there and just run the whole race so your drivers are limited to their time and uh sometimes you see the guys that they'll miss it by a minute mm-hmm. and they'll have to bring their car back in and it will actually cost them a race because their driver does not have enough time in that car but they open both sides of the door driver gets out one side the other driver's coming in the other side is he's getting out and the cars you couldn't imagine a car that looks much cooler than those things with those big fins on them and 
Um, I'd like to have Mike back on again and ask him some things about how they build those cars and uh, what rules they do have to follow. Because, uh, well, we bellyache about NASCAR not having any room for ingenuity and uh, creating. If it looks like uh, it looks like these guys have a lot of room to to let their imagination well, turn the, into speed. These, these guys here, as licensed, from what I see, they do not really have a roll cage in these cars. They actually got what to call a carbon fiber tub mm-hmm. that that driver sits into and. But like you said, like you said last week, I asked them about how many cars, and they said that for their two teams that they sent off to a race, they've only got one backup car in the trailer. So if both drivers wreck during... Whoops. Whoops. You're right. All right. I got about three and a half minutes here. I'll touch on the trucks. They aren't racing, so that's all we're going to touch on them. Uh, <laughs> IndyCar's not racing. They'll be at the Honda... Toronto uh, Grand Prix next week, so they're not racing. ARCA, they're not racing, uh, but uh, they will be in Elko, Minnesota next week. Formula One, quickly, they had a good race, uh, a shocker. Lewis Hamilton did not win it, and um, Valtteri Bottas was not second. So uh, we did have the Red Bull Honda, who won their first Indy, uh, Formula One race in 27 years. That was a big deal for Max Verstappen, and he got into a wheel-banging side-by-side battle with the Ferrari of Charles Leclerc, who can't buy a win. He keeps getting podiums, but he can't just get over the hump. And this, of course, was in Austria, which was not as to, at the Austrike ring, which is where uh, Mark Donahue lost his life. This was at Spielberg, Austria. And in Victory Lane, they did have a couple of Nicky Lauda's cars in there because, you know, we, he's from Austria and he just lost his life, uh, just passed away. But uh, Verstappen was first, Leclerc was second, Botas was third. Sebastian Vettel slipped by Lewis Hamilton on the last lap to finish fourth, and Hamilton was fifth. The American cars of Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen were miserable as usual and were way in the back. The points didn't tighten up much, but it did some. Hamilton's first. Bota second, Verstappen third, Vettel fourth, and Leclerc fifth. Um, and we talked about the cup guys are going to be in action um, tonight at Daytona. Uh, I think I just threw away my um, starting lineup, but they're going in order of points, except for the fact that that uh, Ryan Newman got booted to the back, as we discussed, w- as we discussed with uh, um, Nelson, and Quinn Hoff was the other car. It was the number 15. He got booted back to dead last for uh, the same thing. And I think Travis Peterson is uh, the guy for uh, Newman and Roush that um going to have to sit this one out. And of course, there's another one for the 15 car. So that um, also gave away my, my TV listings. But Daytona, I think, is about uh, 7, 7.30 tonight. And so we got racing to watch. You got racing locally. I hope the weather holds out. I know we've had some pretty nasty storms here the last few nights. Ronnie just dug my TV uh, listings out of the garbage. Yeah, 6.30 pre-race, 7.30 race. Uh, and the only other thing going on is the weather tech. There are some drag racing, um, NHRA stuff. You just have to look that up. We got a minute. Ronnie, got anything? Had a great 4th of July. Good. I hope everybody else had one, too. And God bless America. God bless America. Yeah. Alan. Everything's going lovely down here on the hillside. And uh, hoping my family's having a good time down at the lake and everything. You going to join them? Uh, went down there 
Thursday, joined them for a little while, done a little bit of work. We still working on their place down there, getting it situated and uh, getting it where they can really enjoy it. Well, I know they're. Hope you had a good vacation. I right? had a good vacation. I got a, I went outdoors a little bit, got a little bit of a tan, my wife and I, and saw uh, her family's all down in North uh, in South Florida. Um, all from Columbia, so um, we um, we did have a real good time, and look forward to going back maybe next year or the year after. But anyway, we enjoyed doing this. It's great getting back in the saddle. I pushed the buttons. Didn't think I did too bad, but I forgot to re- forgot to record the show, and I had that way too loud. But uh, we'll see you again next week. We'll have a whole lot more results, and uh, in the meantime, just remember to keep it between the fences. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. We are Fox Sports. We're now on FM. Hear all of our programming at 98.3, Fox Sports 1400, WSPG Spartanburg. Sports trending now. This report presented by True Car. Online.